the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to The Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network, filling in today for Bruce. Bruce, we love you. We continue to pray for you and expect your full recovery and that you'll be sitting in this chair very soon talking to your listeners who love your commentary, love your insight, and appreciate all that you do for this country and the Buckeye State. Speaking of the Ohio Press Network, let's take a look at some headlines. Air Taxi Company announces new plant in Ohio. Ohio plans to offer grants and consider job creation tax cuts for a company that wants to build air taxis. The state says it will create 2,000 jobs at the Dayton International Airport. Governor Mike DeWine announced this morning that Joby Aviation Inc. plans to build an electric air taxi manufacturing facility in the Miami Valley to build, test, and fly all electric vertical takeoff, and landing air taxis to be used by commercial passengers. Ohio's legacy in aviation leadership begins with the Wright brothers and continues now with Joby Aviation as they launch a new era in advanced aviation manufacturing and aerial mobility in Dayton, Governor DeWine said in a statement this morning. The aircraft that will roll off Joby, Ohio's production lines, will redefine urban transportation and contribute to a transformational change in the way people and goods travel. Joby is a California-based company, and it says the taxis will be designed to hold a pilot and four passengers and reach speeds of up to 200 miles per hour hour over a 100-mile range. It plans to use the taxis as part of an aerial ride-sharing network in cities worldwide. Now, DeWine said the Department of Development Tax Credit Authority plans to consider a job creation tax credit for Joby with an estimated value of $93 million. So the state is going to figure out a way to reward uh, Joby with a $93 million uh, fudging of the uh, tax credit. And uh, Jobs Ohio is considering a $110 million grant and talent acquisition service to help the company attract the talent. Now, Jobs Ohio, of course, uh, was created to help attract businesses to the Buckeye State, and uh, oftentimes they don't do a good job of delivering to people who request information about what's going on and uh, how things are being bid. Uh, and they, they've done that. They've done that under the guise of secrecy because they said, well, look, if we're trying to attract other companies, we don't want other states to see what we're doing. Um, and that knife can probably cut both ways. Joby says it will invest at least $477.5 million at the 140-acre airport site, plans to produce up to 500 aircraft annually. Construction is expected to begin in 2024. The facility should come online in 2025. And Joby believes its new payroll 
would be somewhere in the ballpark of $140 million. And uh, Joe Ben Bivert, founder and CEO of Joby, said, Ohio has a long, rich history in aviation. We're proud to bring the next chapter of that story to life in the place where it all started. As one of the top states in the country for aviation, manufacturing, and innovation, Ohio will play an important role in the future of our industry, and we're looking forward to growing our team there. The state hopes Joby's investment will draw other advanced air mobility opportunities in Ohio, causing a ripple effect that could lead to an overall $13 billion economic impact statewide and the creation of about 15,000 jobs, new Ohio jobs by 2045. Today's announcement didn't come by chance, Lieutenant Governor John Husted said. It was earned through 20 years of strategic planning in the Dayton region, leading us to be in the best possible position for a company like Joby to expand their operations from California to Ohio. Now, I'm not a betting man, but if I were a betting man, I would expect that John Husted will uh, beat that drum. Uh, the Dayton area is really his home turf. And so I'm sure that he will take a lot of credit for brokering that deal with Joby, uh, as well as Intel and Honda. So Ohio doing a super fantastic job of attracting some key manufacturers to the Buckeye State and uh, certainly looking to be a hub of manufacturing here uh, in, in the years and, and decades to come. Now, one of the concerns, obviously, that many conservatives have echoed over the past year is that if we're attracting companies like Intel, what did we have to give up to get what we got? Now, in addition to favorable tax treatment and subsidies, which we know are in the millions of dollars, are we making behind-the-curtain promises? Are we committing to policies in our schools and in our workforce and in our state that are more activist-driven, like the LGBTQ stuff, like pro-abortion stuff. And we had a conversation last week with Aaron Baer from CVV, and he talked about Senate Bill 132 that is attempting to codify gender identity and sexual orientation into the Ohio Revised Code. And I think a lot of people are wondering, does that have something to do with this manufacturing expansion? But, I mean, the camel's nose is already under the tent, right? I mean, Intel has already committed to be here. So why enact the legislation now? Why take a state that is, worst case scenario, purple and all likelihood red and uh, put dark blue policies in place? Interestingly enough, we, we need to try to get... Uh, the state senator, um, the Republican George Lang, who signed on to the bill with state senator Nikki Antonio, we need to get him on the show and let him explain what's going on with Senate Bill 132 and why he put his John Hancock to it and where he sees it going. Now, based on conversations earlier with Beth Lear, you know that the Ohio House is not really active right now. A lot of committee meetings going on. Now, part of that is the redistricting commission is meeting again, and you go, well, what's the redistricting commission? The redistricting commission is the group that Ohioans in in, in two constitutional amendments approved to redraw lines for our state lawmakers and our congressional maps, meaning the folks who go to Washington, D.C. to represent us. Well, the time is, is now for us to redraw maps. 
because last year we had to rely on um, an old map because the Ohio Supreme Court said uh, what the committee did was uh, was not akin to what should be done, and it's illegal. Now, the U.S. Supreme Court, without hearing arguments, said mm, hogwash. Uh, we're going to use we're going to use a map, and, and it's just fine. But the redistricting commission is obligated now to draw some new maps. Well, one of the deals that Jason Stevens allegedly made with Democrats was that he was going to allow redistricting to be more favorable to Democrats. And uh, people who are deep insiders at Capitol Square tell me that uh, he and Senate President Matt Huffman uh, are having quite a go around. Jason is trying to install his uh, liberal friendly people to get out their crayons and draw the maps in blue. And Senate President Matt Huffman is not having any of it. So we'll see where that goes. Um, it's, it's a little bit stalled right now. Uh, but, but all of that to say, where, I don't know what I'm saying, but I sure, I sure like the sound of my voice. I'm going a long way around the barn here, right? Um, all of that to say, there isn't a whole lot going on in the Ohio State House right now. Um, partly because of redistricting, partly because insiders tell me that, that Jason Stevens is terrified that he's going to be vacated. So will Senate Bill 132 get over the finish line? I don't know. I don't even know if the House will have sessions this year. And the interesting part about that, if you think about it, is that Republicans have a super majority, super majority. That means if they could actually come together and get into agreement on something, they could pass any law that they wanted to. And if the governor who is a Republican, at least in name, didn't want to do it, they would have the votes to say, mm, you're going to do it anyway. I mean, this would be a golden opportunity for conservatives in Ohio to reign, but that has been compromised by Jason Stevens and the 32 Democrats that he partnered with to oust Derek Maron, who was supposed to be a conservative speaker. Hey, um, I appreciate you tuning in to the Bruce Hooley show. Stay tuned. On the other side of this break, we've got more. Good Monday morning. Only about 10 minutes left in the morning, then it's afternoon. I'm Jack Windsor, sitting in for Bruce Hooley today on the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. And uh, I have on the phone with me Brian Walsh. Uh, Brian, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this morning? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm going to kind of slow walk through this with, with our listeners. Um, you're with Capital Access Alliance. And when I first read that, I think, oh, I, I wonder if we're going to try to get uh, loan parameters eased so people can, but it's not that capital, right? Uh, tell us what uh, Capital Access Alliance is. Sure. Uh, we're a nationwide coalition sponsor, uh, uh, supported by Delta Airlines, a number of groups around the country, Chambers of Commerce, uh, pro-transportation groups. And the goal is to strengthen uh, air travel to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. You know, millions of people uh, come visit Washington every year to meet with lawmakers, to tour the monuments. Uh, but because of a law that goes back to 1966, uh, air travel has been artificially limited by the federal government, which a lot of people aren't even aware of. And so our goal uh, is to get more flights in and out of 
Reagan National Airport, uh, which is in Arlington, Virginia, right across from our nation's capital. And there's an effort going through Congress right now aimed at doing that. And so uh, we're trying to get together the voices of school groups, you know, business leaders, you know, folks around the country who are urging Congress to, to modernize this outdated regulation. And it appears you're attempting to do that through the Federal Aviation Administration reauthorization bill. And uh, that's still being kind of cussed and discussed right now in Congress. Is that accurate? Correct. So every five years, Congress takes up the FAA reauthorization bill. So this is part of a larger effort. Uh, It's right now before the Senate Commerce Committee. And Senator Ted Cruz, who's the ranking member of the Commerce Committee, uh, is making uh, a bipartisan amendment to try to add more flights in and out of Reagan National Airport, have more competition, give air travelers more choices. Because Reagan National, a lot of people don't know this, but Reagan National... Uh, is the only airport, it is a federally owned facility, but it's the only airport in the country where Congress has dictated how many flights can go in and out of the airport. And so uh, Senator Cruz is trying to get more flights added. Um, There is a bipartisan effort before the Senate Commerce Committee. uh, We're we're certainly, as a member of the committee, we're hoping Senator Vance from Ohio will, will support Senator Cruz's effort in that regard. But it's really about bringing back more competition, uh, more choices for air travelers. Yeah. So this would allow, I think, 800 to a million is what I read on your website, uh, more passengers per year to be connected by nonstop flights. Uh, Beyond that, I think it's 1,250 mile perimeter uh, limit right now. But this has some other downstream benefits. Talk to us about what it might do to airline ticket prices. Sure. Uh, well, look, I mean, I don't think uh, anyone needs to be, have a PhD in economics to know that when you have, when consumers have more choices and that there's competition between airlines, consumers benefit. So the backstory of this is for, for listeners who aren't aware, you know, Washington, D.C. Has, has two primary airports. There's Reagan National, which is located in Arlington, right next to the Capitol. And there's Dulles International, which is about 20 miles outside the city, further in the Virginia suburbs. When Dulles was built and opened in the 1960s, very few people lived that far out from the city. And so Congress uh, passed a regulation that limited the long-distance air travel out of Reagan really as a protectionist measure because the view was unless, you know, you encourage people to go out to Dulles, most people will just want to use national. Now, that may have made sense in 1966 when that was put on the books, but – you know, a lot has changed. Northern Virginia's population has exploded in, in recent years. And so, you know, there's millions of people who live in the region who didn't live, you know, live here over 50 years ago. And so a lot of things have changed. But one thing that hasn't changed is this outdated regulation. And so what it really has done is artificially limited uh, consumer choices in air travel. And, you know, it doesn't shouldn't surprise anyone that, you know, whenever every time there's an issue like this, there's someone on the other side. And the other side of this issue is United Airlines. Uh, United controls roughly 70% of the gates at Dulles. Ah. And so they benefit They benefit from this protectionist measure, and they don't want it to change because basically a lot of folks are forced to you, you know, use their flights because they're the only option for a number of cities. So um, Senator Cruz is saying, look, let's, it's, <laughs> a lot has changed since 1966. Let's get more flights in and out of Reagan National. Let's give consumers more choices. And in doing so, it'll lower ticket prices. Uh, interesting fact, for people who visit Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. has the highest ticket prices in the country among all major airports. And a big reason for that is a little-known regulation dating back to 1966 that you know, really has stunted competition. 
So we're hoping uh, Senator Vance and other folks on the Senate Commerce Committee will support this effort by Senator Cruz and others. It is bipartisan. One of the rare issues that's, that's bipartisan in Washington these days, but it really is just common sense uh, to get this updated and modernized. Yeah, and for our listeners, if you want to go to C-A-P-I-T-A-L, Capital Access Alliance.com, you can learn more. And, you know, reducing harmful CO2 emissions would be one of the byproducts of getting this done, which I think probably bodes well for people on the left side of the aisle. And it's also estimated that Washington, D.C. would see 320 to 400 million in economic value. Uh, and look, I'm going to make no bones about this. Most most of the people who live in the district are liberal, so there's some more money for them, uh, including uh, 50 to 70 million in federal and state tax revenue. So, from a uh, a green standpoint, from a, a money standpoint, this seems to make sense. And it kind of sounds like, and you're not saying this, I will. There's some crony capitalism going on, and and this would uh, really be designed to break that up. That's that's exactly right. So, you know, United has been spending millions of dollars to, to try to block this. But, you know, we're taking the case to the people because, you know, there's a big education component about um, about this, too. A lot of people really aren't even aware that this regulation is, exists and, you know, and it's been stunting competition in air travel. So, you know, again, you know, this is really about just helping consumers. And so our hope is that uh the data shows, FAA data shows that Reagan National has the capacity to add more flights. Uh, and really what we need is the political will to help get it done in Washington. And that's what we're pushing for uh, as the Senate looks to take up this legislation this fall. Yeah. And we have a constitutional right to petition our government for the redress of grievances. And this certainly brings us to the modern times uh, so that we can do that more easily, uh, more inexpensively and, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, um, with with a lot less hassle and frustration. So it makes sense to me. Uh, we've got about a minute here. How do you see this playing out? Do, do you feel that, uh, I mean, it, it sounds as if Senator Cruz is on board. Uh, we can talk to J.D. Vance about this in, in, in the very near future to see where, where he is. But do, do you feel like this has enough oomph to get over the finish line in the Senate and in the House? I think it's moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, the larger bill is delayed at the moment over a completely unrelated issue over pilot training. And so that there's, there's a separate debate going on. Again, this is part of a much larger bill. Mm-hmm. The good news on our end is that there is a bipartisan compromise. So Senator, Senator Maria Cantwell, Democrat from Washington State, is the chair of the Commerce Committee. And she has indicated that she's on board with this compromise proposal. So we believe, you know, certainly within the, the Senate Commerce Committee, and our hope is the broader Senate, that there is, you know, this bipartisan support to get this over the finish over the finish line. There's, you know, this unrelated issue that's holding the bill up at the moment. But Ten seconds. we expect that this will move forward and and hopefully get it done to help air travelers. Brian Walsh, Walsh, thank you for joining us today and filling us in on a very important topic. Uh, come back and visit us soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.